introducing the wingman, Alan Warren, Alan Warren, the wingman for uh, RV industry on the economy. So here we go. We'll be hearing this is his take, uh, honest man, kind of like a leader, very enthusiastic. I believe in what he says. Let's listen up. Father God, we thank you for showing us the future, the economy, through your righteous, right people, Lord God. Thank you for giving us a new day in understanding for your glory and your honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Here's, here's Ellen. On today's video, I'm going to share a story with you that uh, many people may find very corny and hokey. Uh, others, I'm hopeful that you'll say, that's kind of cool and I can relate to it. But either way, thank you for watching this video. Thank you for finding our channel. If you've not yet subscribed, I hope at the end of the video, you'll say, you know what, let's give it a thumbs up and hit the subscribe button. Maybe share this video with your friends on social media. I'm a lifetime lover of the great outdoors. I grew up camping and hunting and fishing. And when my daughter, who is now 30, and she's a mom and a wife and uh, you know, she's a full-grown woman. When she was a little bitty girl, when she was five years old, I wanted to instill in her a love of the outdoors. I had taken her outdoors before and boat rides and things, and she was beginning to get it, but she had never been deer hunting. So I'm going to take her deer hunting. So 25 years ago, picture this little bitty five-year-old girl, she and her daddy. It was going to be a one-night deer hunt. We left San Antonio in the afternoon. We're down here in Texas, but a cold front had blown in. It wasn't super cold, but it was pretty chilly. For a little child, it was cold. And we got, and I said, you can go and do anything you want. You can go throw rocks. You can, you can just don't get lost. <laughs> Here's where camp is going to be. So I was setting up tent, and she, Daddy, or, you know, uh, I can hear you. And I'm getting the tent ready and getting the sleeping bag zipped together and the fire pit ready. I got everything ready, and she's out doing whatever she's doing. And she was having a ball. So that night, I'm telling her stories. And about half of them I made up. I just came up with stories off the cuff. And uh, the next morning we got up early because I want her to watch her daddy shoot a deer. That At the time, when I was a young man, that was so important to me. I want her to watch her daddy shoot a deer. So I had the deer blind picked out living here in Texas. We hunt down here in these boxes. Essentially, it's a box. We call them a deer blind. And this one was up on a tower. You had to climb up a ladder to get in. So we had this tower blind uh, already located. We knew where we were going to hunt in the morning. She didn't care. She just wanted to be with her daddy. Woke up super early. It's dark 30. And I made her a cup of hot chocolate. And, you know, we snacked on some things. I said, we gotta get up to the deer blind and I'm gonna leave you up there while I go and park the truck. So I had a backpack full of goodies and the thermos full of hot chocolate and my rifle and my daughter went up there and I shoved her up the ladder. She climbed up the ladder and I'm right behind her making sure she doesn't fall. She gets in the blind and she is noisy as all get out. Hitting the side, she doesn't mean to be noisy but she's a five-year-old, she's never done this before. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, it's dark now, but as soon as it gets light, these deer, we're not even going to see a deer because she's so noisy. I did not want to get on her. We got up into the blind, put the rifle in the, lean it up in the corner. I said, sweetheart, I'm going to go down, I'm going to park the truck, and I'll be right back. And so here's your flashlight. And I left her a flashlight. I said, don't touch that gun. 
And so I go down, down the ladder, go get the truck, and I park the truck 100 yards away, and I walk back and I see this light going like this, the, the shining the flashlight, making noise. And this little girl was making so much noise, I think I'm never gonna see a deer if she's gonna shine that flashlight and make all this noise. But I get in there, I don't get on her. I just sit there and it's, come on, come on, the, 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 the sun is getting ready to rise and the deer are gonna start moving. And she's talking and making noise, bumping. She doesn't mean to, but, and, and I just thought, you know what, I'm just gonna let it go. The deer are supposed to show up. If they show up, great. If they don't show up, that's fine too. And all of a sudden she says, Daddy, I'm cold. And it was a little chilly, but for a five-year-old, I guess she was cold. And she says, would you hold me? And she's little, five years old. And I, you know, I'm thinking, well, the deer are gonna come out any minute. If I'm gonna shoot a deer, I can't be holding her and shooting a deer at the same time you know what, yeah, come here. And so I unzip my jacket and I put her on my lap, this little five-year-old girl, and she fell asleep in about 30 seconds, maybe less. And I, the deer starts showing up. She's sound asleep. And I thought, what am I here for? Oh my God, my angel, my gift is right here asleep in my lap. And I thought I wanted to teach her how to shoot a deer. And the deer came and the deer went and she woke up and she said, Daddy, are we seeing anything? And I said, yes, honey, we're seeing some deer. She just fell back asleep. Never did shoot a deer. Never even touched the rifle. We got finished, went back down ate lunch, took the tent down, packed up the truck, went home, went to the house. Mama says, uh, so how was, did y'all get a deer? Miss Katie goes, no, but I love deer hunting. And I'm thinking, it wasn't about the deer. It wasn't about that at all. It's about time. It's about fun. That was the last time my five-year-old little baby, now a grown woman, ever was on my lap like that, inside my jacket on a cold morning, sound asleep. And I was so blessed. But I thought, I thought I wanted to kill a deer. I really, my prize, my trophy was right here in my lap. It wasn't out there. I share that story because I think oftentimes we miss the mark. I sure thought that it was all about the killing of the deer. Yeah, I'm gonna, she needs to show, you know, learn about conservation. I'm gonna teach her about safety and all these different things. She didn't care about any of that. She wanted to be with daddy and have fun. And I think that if we can, can remember that uh, children especially, beginners, this world of the outdoors is its new. Everything is new. She heard some coyotes and she swore, five years old, she says, Daddy, there's wolves. Yes, honey, they're wolves, even though I knew there weren't. As I said, I made up stories, but I spent that time with her. Time is so precious and, and I know you know that. Hopefully you don't think this is too goofy of a story to share here, but. 
I believe that if we were to listen to them, because they're telling us, at five years old, she couldn't articulate what she was feeling. But when I finally went, oh my God, it's not about those deer out there. It's not about pulling the tree. None of that. It's about this. The light bulb went off. And from that moment on, I never tried to push deer hunting or anything at all on her except safety and fun and respect. That's it. Wasn't really difficult. You know, she's shot a couple of deer in her life. She didn't care about doing it, and I don't push her, but she loves the outdoors, and she loves telling the story about climbing up on Daddy's lap and falling asleep. So anyway, I want to share that story with you in hopes that you can relate. You don't think I'm too big of a wuss, but post your comments. Let me know if you think that sometimes we do miss the mark. We need to be more sensitive to the children and, and think, not try to shove it into them. We're going to teach all this stuff. Teach them with love and with time and by listening to them and making things fun. Hopefully this wasn't too much of a downer. I would love to hear what you think. Thank you so much for watching. And again, if you like this video, please consider subscribing to the channel. Share it with your friends on social media. I am Alan Warren, the RV Wingman. Be safe, have fun, play nice, and don't leave your good manners at home. I'll see you in the next video. RV, Alan Warren. The wingman. Here we go, Alan Warren, the wingman. And there's no doubt that RVs have a lot of moving parts, a lot of parts that are gonna break eventually, even if you take care of your RV. And those broken parts are, are kind of a fear. You know, people that buy an RV, they're like, eh, well, what happens if something breaks? And they so they buy these extended service protection plans. Before we roll this little interview, I think is, is very, very telling. Um, do you remember, if you're my age or around my age, a little bit older, when we went to school, there was something called shop class that the boys had to take, you know, metal shop or welding or wood shop. And we built things. We learned how to drill holes and saw with a saw and weld and do all these different kinds of things. Girls took homemaking or home economics. They learned how to sew and do all the things, you know, back traditional girls used to do back then. There used to also be something called a practical living classes. Uh, the teacher would take the class out and show you how to change a flat tire, show you how to put water in your radiator, how to check the oil, how to check the transmission fluid, how to balance a checkbook. You know, practical living before computers took over our lives. All those classes, all those things that we used to have to take in school, I think we look back on it and go, I am so glad I did that because it, it's helped me as an adult. Unfortunately, it's not that way. Not that way anymore in school. And more and more people, or fewer and fewer people, know how to turn a wrench. Fewer and fewer people understand how things work. And so when you buy an RV, there is a lot of stuff going on. So how do you protect yourself when you don't really know how to fix things? Well, a lot of people buy an extended service protection plan. I personally don't believe in them. However, for the person that doesn't know how to turn a wrench, 
for the person that doesn't want to have to fix things and tinker and work on their RV, an extended service protection plan might be a good thing to look into. Up now is my friend Kevin Fraser from Cheyenne Camping Center. He's going to give you his take as we talk about ESPs and how people have changed today compared to years ago, including yours truly. Okay, let's talk a little bit more about the extended service plans, the ESPs that dealers make a lot of money on. And, you know, and, and people really want them. Um, well, why do you think that is? Is it because the automotive industry has trained us to think that well, I've got a warranty so everything's covered? I used to think that. I used to think it was training, but I know now it's not. Alan, you and I are of a certain age and we've turned a wrench or two in our lives. We know basically how things work, but if somebody shows us a high-tech doohinky from the last 20 years, we're clueless. So when somebody who hasn't turned a wrench or even changed a tire is confronted with a brand new machine that does have some high-tech doohinkies on it, they want the security of knowing that no matter what goes wrong, it's going to cost a $100 deductible. Okay, now that's, that's if people remember, it's not a warranty, it's insurance. If I got a $100 deductible insurance that prevents me from spending $1,000 on a new refrigerator, that's okay. If I got a $100 deductible that gets me a microwave, maybe I can go to the local store and buy my own microwave and put it in, but guess what, today's people won't do that. They, they, there's, there's, there's fewer and fewer of us of, of them do-it-yourselfers. You and I know that. And and um, people around here that grew up on the farm, they don't think of anything uh, of, of rehabilitating, rebuilding, manufacturing their own stuff. But modern folks want to have... We're not modern, Alan. We have this, this technology in yeah. our hands. And do, you have an, do you have an extended plan on your smartphone? Actually, I do not. Oh, well, that one is $17 a month for insurance on this thing. I'm like, you know, if I drop it, I drop it. I'll be responsible for it. See, you and I think like that. But other people say, I don't want to hit to the budget. And especially if, if, I'm, if I'm on a budget and I got payments on an RV, I don't want to think it's going to cost me more than $100. But, Kevin, it's not just $100. It's $100 and an extended period of time that you don't know how long that period's going to be. Because you may have your RV out of service for months. Oh, well, now, that's a different problem altogether. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's not no, just we, they, 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 no, we don't have services. We don't have RVs out of service months here. All right. Even with parts problems, there's always substitution. There's always a way that you can get it sorted out. And I'm not the guy that's that's going to endorse uh, extended service plans. I, I I would always say, well, first of all, an extended service plan shouldn't cost more than two grand on most RVs ever. But I can put that two grand away. When I remember Christmas clubs, put it away, and if something goes wrong, use the two grand for the something wrong. And if five years go by and you sell or trade off your RV, you probably still have that two grand. When service plans go stupid, is when you're not paying two grand for them or 1200 for them. That's where they should be in that range. It's when the guy tells you, oh yeah, well the service plan is $5,800, but it covers everything. You know, 
If that refrigerator in this RV were to go on the fritz when it's out of warranty, that'll cost $12,000 to replace. I hear this all the time. You know how much it'll cost to replace? $1,200. But they scare people. Fear, that's what they use. And I'm, I'm not, I'm not, if you're the holder of an RV and you've got an, an extended service plan and you pay more than two grand for it, Demand your refund, and if you still think you need the coverage, shop for one in the open market. So even if I bought from, I know if I buy from Campy World, I can uh, cancel my ESP. I can cancel an ESP with anybody I buy from. Yeah, also. yeah, sure, sure. And, and that's guaranteed in every state, and that in the state, there's an insurance commissioner. This is an insurance product. You should get back pro rata what you didn't use. If it's a five-year plan and you tune it and you ask to cancel it, after one year, you get back 80%. And you're guaranteed by law that you can get that back. So the question is, is an ESP right for you? I can't answer that. If you're somebody that doesn't mind tinkering with things, you know how to do a few uh, basic repairs on your RV, maybe you don't need that extended service protection plan. Maybe you can take that money and put it in a savings account. Don't touch it. In a savings account, then in three or four years, if you haven't had a claim, guess what? You still got your money. If you do have a claim, you'll have the money to fix most any item. A lot of things in RVs nowadays are pretty well made. Air conditioners are pretty well made. They're not perfect. You know, hot water heaters, most of the time, last quite a while, as long as you take care of them. So if you feel good about making basic repairs in your RV, you may not need an ESP. If you are hesitant, if you feel overwhelmed with the thought of uh, uh, having a problem, a breakdown, and you need that ESP to give you confidence and comfort, then maybe it is for you, but shop around. You don't have to buy the ESP from that dealer. I will tell you that if you do buy an ESP from the dealer, a good dealer will honor that, be much more willing to honor it than if you come in, you're a third party, you buy an ESP from somebody else, you bring it to that dealer, You, the truth is you may not get waited on. That's the truth. The oh, you may not get waited on. So do you need an ESP? I don't know. You have to answer that question. Uh, can you cancel your ESP? Of course you can cancel it. They have to give you your money back on the unused premium. They have to, minus a, a, a processing fee. The problem is they never make it easy. It's always difficult, and it will take a little bit of time to get your money back, but they will give it back to you. Now, here's the deal. If you do cancel your ESP, you have a loan on your RV, Oftentimes, you won't get a check back. Let's say you're going to get $5,000 back on your ESP. They may not send you the check. They'll send it to your lender, and it will go against the balance that you owe on your RV. And that's good anyway, because you're going to have to pay that money. You might as well get it taken off the back end so you owe a whole lot less on your RV. Hopefully this made sense. You may have to watch this video again. But thank you so much for watching. Let me know what you think. Do you think ESPs are a great thing or not so much? I kind of say... It depends. Let me know. Post in the comments below. I read every one, listen to every voicemail. And I am uh, I'm grateful to you and grateful to Kevin Fraser for being my go-to guy when it comes to all things RV-related. I'm Alan Warren, the RV Wingman. Be safe. Have fun. Play nice. And don't leave your good manners at home. See you next time. You know, lately I've talked about the uh, folks that are going to be one and done. In other words, 
They got sucked into the RV craze during the pandemic and they had bad experiences. They said, this is not for me. I'm gonna tell you a little story and it's, it's not just for the people that are the one and done crowd, but maybe there's something that you can glean from this little story that will be helpful. So once upon a time, there was a person that wanted to seek happiness. They wanted to find happiness. They had tried and failed and they wanted to find, how do I find happiness? So they visited this man, and he was an old, wise man, didn't speak very much. And he asked the wise man, where do I go? Where is happiness? And the wise man said, and the guy went, and he didn't find happiness. He fell on his face. He fell flat on his face. It was misery, and he came back to the old man. He said, you told me that happiness was over there. Where is happiness? The old man said, He said, okay. So he goes over and he chases it, and guess what happens? He falls on his face again. It's terrible, terrible. He's limping back to the old man, and he says, you told me where happiness was. Where is happiness? And he points right like that, right there. He limps off in to find happiness, and he meets disaster, just disaster. Almost takes him out. He's crawling back to the old man. He crawls back to him. He said, you told me it was there, then there, then there. Where is happiness? Every time I have fallen flat on my face, where is happiness? It's on the other side of where you fell on your face. I think a lot of people that bought an RV fell on their face. They went on their first camping trip and things didn't work. Maybe they didn't take the time to do their homework learn how things operated in their RV. It could have been a whole lot of different things. And they gave up, or the second trip, or the third trip. They went that way, that campground, that thing, and it didn't work out for them. And they went, well, RVing's not for me. Happiness might just be on that next, right over that next problem. But if you give up before you get through the problem, you're never going to learn. You're never gonna find that happiness. Now, is RVing for everybody? Absolutely not. It really isn't. But for most people, if you can get through that rough patch, and there will be a rough patch, even for seasoned RVers, there's a rough patch. You know what it's called? L-I-F-E. That's what it's called. And if you want everything, if you have to have everything just perfect or you're going to be miserable, don't buy an RV. In fact, I'd say don't try anything because successful people have to go through the rough patch. I see that problem with a lot of people. It's not just with young people. It's not just with first-time RV buyers. We don't want to suffer. We want it now, and it better be good. I think that I, I try to look at life personally as when something, life slaps me in the face, kicks me hard, that I don't give up. I say, well, you know what? On the other side of this, there's got to be something good. Don't give up. And so for all the people that were the, you know, the one and dones, if you're thinking about, you know, giving the RV up, selling it, getting, go do something else, you're not going to find something, I think, that can, that can be any more meaningful for you and your family than RVing and camping. Good grief, you're connected to nature. What could be better than that? Nature doesn't care how much money you have or how much money you don't have, what kind of RV you have. Nature is just nature, and if you're not responsible, if you can't take care of yourself, you probably don't have, um, you know, 
probably shouldn't be out in nature anyway. But go through those hard places. Fall on your face. It's okay. Don't do stupid stuff, but don't expect everything to go perfect. Don't expect you're going to pick up your iPhone and there's going to be the answer to everything right there. Because life is not that easy. I wish it was. Man, I wish it was. But there's something else on the other side of that, those disasters where you fall on your face. There's confidence. There's understanding. There's wisdom. There's reflection. Things that you will never see on this side of that disaster. So when disaster happens in your life, I'm suggesting that you might want to hang in there. Don't throw in the towel. Not on our RV. Don't throw the towel in on your spouse, on your kids, on your job. Don't do that. Hang in there because on the other side of that, there is good. You just have to hang in there long enough and try and find it. Is that a guarantee? No, it's not. But I'll guarantee you one thing. You fall on your face and you throw in the towel, that's a guarantee you're done. You're done. Whether it's a relationship, whether it's RVing, whether it's your job, whatever it happens to be, you throw in the towel, you quit, and you quit. That is a guarantee. So what does this have to do with RVing? Well, hopefully uh, you can read between the lines here. RVing, again, is not for everybody, but I think it's for most people. I think a lot of people can get benefits out of RVing and camping, even if they don't uh, buy an RV. You can go rent one. If you don't have an RV, don't want to rent one, go rent a cabin. Stay out in the woods. Take your family with you. Get off the technology. I promise you there is something special on the other side of that. You just got to hang in there long enough. But let me know what you think. You think that uh, throwing in the towel is a good idea or maybe success, happiness, uh, being content is on the other side of falling on your face. Post your comments down below. I read every email. I listen to every voicemail message. And your comments, your thoughts really are important to me. I'm Alan Warren, the RV wingman. Be safe, have fun, play nice, and don't leave your good manners at home. I'll see you next time. As you may know, I have been in the TV and radio business. I was most of my life. I'm retired now, except for doing these little videos. But in that almost 40 years, I got to tell you, advertising agencies did not like me. Go figure. They did not like me. Uh, I didn't care about hobnobbing and taking people to baseball games and football games and with the pretty girls and all that expensive lunches and spending the client's money. I believed in moving the ball down the field, helping the customer. So when it came to marketing, the marketing people at these companies that I worked with, the smart people, uh, I thought they were smart, they loved me because we put things together that other people are like, how did y'all figure that out? I love smart people. Agency people, not saying they're not smart, but they look at numbers and they calculate things and they put things in and that's what's going to come out. And reality has a way of biting those people in the ass. Sorry for being so direct, but I did get a response to my video. I did a Wingman Crushes ad campaign video. It was a couple of weeks ago. My response to the new ad campaign that the RV industry is pushing out there. We're going to play that commercial in just a second if you have not seen it. This will be the 60-second commercial. And as you watch it, I want you to just give me your honest opinion. Put your comments down below. Do you like it? I mean, to me, it's upbeat, it's fun. Ooh, ooh, ooh. 
But something to me just misses the mark about what camping and RVing is really all about. At least it does for me. But I'd like to know what you think. Obviously, Noah, uh, Noah Williams thinks completely different than I do. I'm going to read his comment here after we're going to watch his spot. I'm going to tell you why I think the way I do, and I'd love to hear your take. So right now, let's go ahead and watch that 60-second spot called Just Go. So what did you think? What did you think of that commercial? Did it make you want to go RVing? Did it make you want to buy an RV? It certainly was uh, upbeat and politically correct, wasn't it? I mean, a lot of good music and yeah, having fun. And there's nothing wrong with that. But to me, there's something that was left out of that commercial. It's something called balance. RVing is not about just experiences and and taking the world. Let's go ahead and get it and conquer it. Hurry. We got to go hurry. We're going to lose it. For many of us, I think most of us, RVing is, is much deeper than that. That's a part of it. Of course, we want to go out and enjoy it. But there's much, much, much more to RVing than that. And that's where the magic is. It's fun. Yeah, doing all that kayaking and mountain climbing. It is. But there's something deeper, more meaningful that people at RV understand what I'm talking about. I'm going to read a comment that an advertising, he's a creative director in advertising. He commented, the first person that has commented on any of my videos that actually works for, I guess, an ad agency is a creative director. These guys are really, really smart, but he doesn't sound like he's much of a fan of me and my opinion of the ad from uh, GoRVing, but I'm going to read it and then I'm going to give you my perspective. Noah Williams says, ready? What is wrong with you? The world has changed, and we want diversity and new experiences. I'm a creative director in advertising, and my wife and I part-time RV. You're not 100% wrong on things, but you do have a privileged attitude that is off-putting. We don't want brands telling us how to be a good person. We want messages that show us how to experience life. I didn't think any brand was telling people how to be a good person. Uh, Noah, thank you very much. I mean it. I'm, I'm serious as I can be. Thank you for taking the time to watch my video. If you didn't watch the video, it's called uh, Wingman Crushes Ad Campaign. There's a link to it down below. Uh, maybe you're going to agree with Noah. But, uh, you know, to me, the ad, it lacked balance. What I mean by that is... There's something deeper than just going out and kayaking and rock climbing and surfing and all those different things. Much more meaningful. Picture this. What if, go with me and just be with me on this. What if 
you think back to a foggy morning when you woke up and you went outside and went, whoa, man, I can't see anything. What if you, what if that fog never lifted ever? What if it stayed all day, all night, all the next day, every day? It never lifted. You could only see what you could see. You could see it pretty comfortably, but you couldn't see past it. The fog was always there, always. And what if you were born in that fog? You heard stories about what happens in the fog and the other side of the fog. It's scary. The unknown can be scary. It really can be. I fear that too many people today live in a fog. And by the way, you know what? You live in a fog. <laughs> I promise you, you do. I do too. All of us live in a fog. We can only see what we can see. For me, I sometimes can't see the milk in the refrigerator. That's no joke, but all kidding aside, we can only see what we can see. That depends on our perspective in life. I see young people and, and creative directors and ad agencies that, that they see what they see and they think everybody sees that. Well, all the people who don't spend money, they see that. But older people, the fog is lifted some and we see things a little bit differently. We saw that and then we see this and then we see that. And we see things that you see and some of it's kind of weird for us. Truly it is, but we can see those things. And as much as I cannot accept many of the things that I see young people doing, I, I just, it just blows my mind. I have to accept them and I understand them. And I know that young people are the future. But I, I fear that young people don't value what older people can bring, the perspective they can bring. Think about that fog. Think about when it lifts. The fear, and that's the truth. Back when Magellan figured out that the earth was not flat, it was this round thing, this globe. You go sailing out there, and if you got to the edge, you weren't gonna fall off. Up until Magellan, everybody was scared to death. They were, weren't they? I mean, it's the truth. But somebody had to go out there to prove the earth was round. You weren't going to fall off. And think about what that did for us. People are going, oh my God, they're going out on that ship. They're, we're never going to see them again. And some of them <laughs> didn't come back, but it wasn't because the earth was flat. We all live in a fog. And I think that to understand that, that the objective happiness is going to come when the fog lifts. And some things are scary and we don't want to see them. I, I don't want to see them. But there's so many wonderful opportunities out there. Beautiful, wonderful, exciting things. If we can just see them and grasp them and to try to help others to see them. Noah, in terms of us telling you, what did you say? You don't want brands telling you how to be a good person. You just want to experience life. We all want to experience life. We do. Even old people want to experience life. We just want to most of us experience it a little different way. We don't want to tell you how to live. I promise it wouldn't work anyway because you're going to live the way you want to. But I believe that all of us, all of us that, that camp, that care, we do it for more than the, the, the whitewater rafting and more than the campfire. All that's part of it. There's something deeply spiritual, deeply organic, about being with people you love in that little camper under the stars.
Doesn't matter how rich you are. Doesn't matter what color you are. Doesn't matter any, none of that matters. There's something deeply powerful in that. And that's what we need to try to connect with and to paint a picture that the outdoors is all about, let's go get it, we're gonna get along first. I think is shortchanging the outdoors. And my fear is that a lot of these people, a lot of people, I don't know how old you are, Noah, you're probably, you know, 35 years old, 30 or 40, just guessing. I think a lot of people in your category, age demographic, have bought an RV because you bought this dream and you, you want to go out. I'm glad you're a part-time RVer. I hope you will continue, but I'll just bet you this. Every RVing trip, the fog lifts a little bit more. You learn a little bit more about your RV, right? I know you do, because we all do. We start out, we only see what we see. That's good enough, we'll figure it out. Guess what? Give us enough time, <laughs> we figure it out for better or for worse. And so, my fear is, is that many of these people bought this, we're gonna go get them and we're gonna attack the outdoors. And you know what? We can even make the payments by renting that thing out. And they're finding out that reality is not the same as the dream, the fog is lifting. And it's sad because those people won't buy another RV for the rest of their lives, probably. The reality, it used to be that when people would buy an RV, if they were happy with it, happy campers, they buy four or five more during their lifetime. And the good thing is their kids and their grandkids, we didn't tell them you gotta learn to like RVing. How do you know to do that? Just take them RVing. Spend time with them. I've always said the way you spell love is T-I-M-E. Spend it camping, spend it in the out of doors. So going back to the ad campaign, yeah, it's fine. RVIA, you're going to spend millions of dollars. And my, my question is this, how are you going to know if it works? And, and uh, Noah, if you're part of RVIA, I'm deadly serious. How will you know? How are you going to measure if it works? Well, the RV sales went up. You going to take credit for that? Because if you are, if the sales go down, are you going to take credit for that? What is the value of that commercial? I don't know. I don't think anybody can tell you what the real value is. I'm telling you, the value of taking a youngster camping, or even an oldster camping, introducing to them what camping is all about, and nature, and that connection. You can't measure that. But you can surely see it. You can feel it, and it's as real. It's as real as anything. And that's what we need to tap into. So I believe that older folks like me, we do have something to say that is of value. And you can write us off, and you probably will. And one day before we want to, we'll be gone. Then you'll be running the whole show. You'll do a good job. There's plenty of improvement to make, I will assure you. I think most people my age will go, yeah, we screwed it up pretty good. <laughs> good luck, guys. But Noah, thank you. And thank you to everybody who watches these videos. Um, I am a lifetime camper. Nobody loves the outdoors more than I do. I love the people that do it. I want to protect nature. I want to protect the sanctity of what camping means to me. It means to millions of other people. It's more than just climbing that mountain and going down as fast as you can down through those whitewater rapids and all that's great. But there's something deeply, deeply meaningful that can come out of the camping experience. I want to know what you think. Noah, thank you again for taking the time to watch the video and to write to me. Hopefully I can hear from you, you won't hate my guts. 
I'm not getting on you. I think you're a brave soul to post your comments. What is wrong with me? Sometimes I ask myself the same question. I really do. And I'm not sure. But I know that somebody up there has got the answers I'm trying to find out. <laughs> find out exactly what they are. Thank you again for watching. Post your comments below. Subscribe to the channel. Share it on social media. I am Alan Warren, the RV Wingman. I will tell you the truth when most people will tell you kind of the truth. I'll tell you the truth. Even if you don't want to hear it, I'll tell you at least something from my perspective that might be a little bit helpful in your life. At least that's my goal. Be safe, have fun, play nice, and don't leave your good manners at home. I'll see you again soon. As you know, I respond to as many emails and voicemail messages and comments as possible. Uh, I got a really good email I'm going to read here in just a second. But before I do, uh, I want to remind you of something. I am not an investment advisor. The reason I say that is it seems like lately somebody is posting stuff down in the comments, talking about cryptocurrencies and Bitcoin and blah, blah, blah. You know, how to get rich buying cryptos. And I have nothing against cryptos, but I have nothing to do with it. And so we report them and hopefully they get taken off. But uh, if you're into cryptocurrency, that's good. But anybody that comments on that stuff down below has nothing to do with me. Uh, by the way, the people in the description of this video, if you see down below, uh, those are people that I do work with. I do consultant work for them. They are not advertisers. So if you do business with them, I don't get paid one more penny whether you buy something from them or not. Uh, and yes, the link to the folks who provide me with my shirts, actually they provide it when I pay for them, but they will give you a 10% discount if you use the keyword uh, checkout wingman22 and that information is down below. So here is the email. And if you have not yet subscribed to the channel, I hope you will. Uh, just subscribe, give it a thumbs up, uh, share it on social media. I am the RV wingman. I tell you the truth, which is I believe some things that you need to hear. You may not want to hear them, but you need to hear them at least to give you um, a different perspective when you're thinking about things RV related or even about life. So got this email from a guy named Peter Van Gogh. Can't be his name, but he, Peter Van Gogh. He said, wingman, I'm still trying to figure you out. I am a fan, but you can't be the same person who was Mr. Nice Guy on the radio. That wingman talked more with actual RVers and people in the RV industry. I'm sure you were paid by all those people, but what happened? Did they drop you? Why? Your tone is much more direct and honest, even though you say some things that make my wife and me wince sometimes. Enjoying your videos of late, just wondering why the transition and if you see yourself ever going back to radio. Peter Van Gogh from Cincinnati. Isn't that a great name, Peter Van Gogh? Anyway, uh, honestly, Peter, I am trying to figure it out, too. I know a lot of people are trying to figure out what in the hell am I doing. For almost 40 years, I've been on TV and uh, the last 10 years, a lot in radio. Um, you may or may not know that I did the RV Show USA for five years. Started in 2017. I had a five-year plan. We sold our campground in Texas this last late last summer. We closed in September. And my wife wanted me to retire. Well, coincidentally, about the same time we closed on the campground, I was contacted by somebody with a 
everybody will have heard about them, a big national chain uh, RV retailer, and they were interested in buying the RV Show USA, my syndicated radio show. I mean, nationwide, they wanted to buy it. I'm like, hey, that's a pretty good deal. The only problem was the more I talked with them, they didn't just want to buy it. They wanted to turn it into a one-hour sales pitch, and I just didn't do that. So uh, I decided at the end of December I was going to close the show down. Like I said, it was my five-year plan. My wife was very happy that I did, and quite frankly, I am enjoying doing these YouTube videos a lot more than doing radio. It's a much smaller audience, but it is a, um, I don't know, a more connected audience. I feel more of a connection with each and every person that watches, and especially you folks who write to me. In terms of me getting paid by all the people, uh, what did you say? You said, uh, I'm sure that you were paid by all those people I had on my radio show. Well, that ain't right. I didn't get paid by anybody for being on the radio. Uh, those were my friends and guests and influencers, people that I liked, I still like, and um, you know, they were uh, helpful to the RVing community, and I'm glad, Peter Van Gogh, that you actually listened to the radio show. Um, we had quite a few stations there in Ohio. I'm not sure what, what we were on in Cincinnati, but um, let me tell you something. When it comes to this channel, this YouTube channel, I'm not owned by anybody. Not anybody. Uh, if you buy something from one of the companies, one of the businesses, dealerships that I consult for, I don't get paid any more for them. Nothing. Would I like you to do business with them? Of course I would. But that's your decision. You know, I vetted these people. I like them. Uh, I think you would probably like them if you give them a chance. Are they the world's greatest and they're never going to screw up? I don't think so. I don't think anybody can be that way, but these are people that I have personally vetted and, and they let me say whatever I want to say. When I was on the radio, I had some sponsors, some advertisers that said, you gotta tone it down. Don't go on the attack. Don't be quite so direct. Is there a problem? Let me know. Is there a problem with people being direct? I've been told that I'm condescending sometimes. I probably am. But I'll tell you what I know I am. I know that I am direct. At least I want to be direct. I want to know, do you think it's okay to be direct nowadays? Or do we have to be so sensitive? There I go again. Do we have to be so sensitive to everybody's feelings and to the trigger things and all the stuff? Or can we just go ahead and be direct and be honest? You know, I say that I, I mess up a lot. And I do. I say things that I go, well, that made no sense. So if you're looking, there are a few trolls that check out this channel and they're looking for any reason at all to say, <laughs> look what he said, look what he did. You won't have to, as I say, you won't have to listen for very long to find me messing up. But I do my best to own my mistakes and to be honest with each and every person you know, that, that watches these videos because you're spending your time with me and I am most grateful for that. Um, I'm using this channel, I think as a platform. My wife wants me to retire. I said that earlier. I'm using this channel as a platform to still stay connected. I have been a lifelong lover of the outdoors. I have loved camping and RVing and nature and the people that do it since I was a little bitty kid. And I want to see that moving into the future. I want to see more and more people getting into the outdoors, but taking care of the outdoors, having respect for the outdoors and respect for others. And by using this platform, I'm able to at least kind of get up on my soapbox and share some thoughts. Hopefully some of them will connect with you. 
I don't expect somebody to agree with everything I say. Like I said, you know, before, if you agree with everything I said, something wrong with you. I know there's got to be something wrong with me, but I think I have a pretty good handle on some stuff. I've been, uh, you know, in the media business. Uh, I have not that that's a big deal, but it's a uh, it, it's something I'm proud of. I've been in the media business and the RV business. I've owned a campground. I've been around tons and tons of people of all different backgrounds, all different socioeconomic uh, levels. And I have a pretty good read, I think, most of the time. I'm pretty intuitive, if you will. And I see the future of the RV industry as, as um, I see some dark stuff. I'm going to tell you about the dark stuff and the optimistic stuff I see. First off, I'm worried. I'm really worried about people. I'm worried that too many people are over their head in debt, that they're upside down in their RVs. That means they owe more than the RV is worth, and it's getting worth less and less every day. I think a lot of people have no idea how deeply in debt they really are, how upside down they are. And when they try to sell their RV, it's going to be a real, real painful wake-up call. So uh, I'm concerned about that. I'm concerned that those people have such a negative taste in their mouth for RVing or for a, a dealer that buried them that they won't ever RV again. You know, with the, the internet, you can get a bad review out like that and hit 10,000 people. And those people that are unhappy with RVing, those people that have been wronged by an RV dealer, and a lot of it is, is, is the, the, the buyer, the RV owner's own doing for not doing their homework. That's the truth. But these dealers... These big dealers, they know how to push your buttons. They do. And if you give them, they'll give you enough rope to have it right around your neck, and you will be buried in debt. Once that happens, it's really, really hard to get out. I'm concerned that a lot of people were talked into going and taking a second mortgage on their home. You watch TV, you know, uh, refinance rates are low. You can borrow 100% of your home's equity, and you can get that and go on a trip. You can buy an RV. And a lot of people did that. And on paper, you know, that kind of stuff makes sense. Well, you know, I can have me an RV, and I can have my house payments won't be that much, and what could go wrong? My belief, I hope I'm wrong, my belief is that we are getting ready to go into some really dark times, and a lot of these people that, that say, what could go wrong? You're going to find out a lot can go wrong. I don't want people to get in trouble. So the negative is I'm going to keep talking. I'm going to keep saying, be careful, be cautious, go slow, ask questions. Do not go in debt if you don't have to. If you, it, when, when more than 60% of our country, the people don't have $1,000 that they can touch if they have to go to the emergency room. If they have an emergency to come up, more than 60% of our country doesn't have $1,000 put away. Does that scare you? It, it, I don't know if it scares me. It worries me for a lot of people. Now, the bright side for the RV industry, and this is a really bright side, I think that housing has gotten so expensive that RVs are going to be, they're going to be kind of like the backup plan. A lot of people are going to sell their home. <laughs> they may lose their home. I hope that doesn't happen. But they're going to move into an RV and live there full time. I hope that doesn't happen because RV living is not like living in a sticks and bricks home. It's not for everybody. RVs, I say it all the time, are a pain in the butt. All of them break and they all break at the worst time and they're more expensive and a bigger headache than any of us want them to be. The more work you do on your RV, the more required maintenance you do, the better experience you're going to have. That, I mean, that just makes common sense. But I think 
RV manufacturers are going to still sell a lot of RVs. And it's to the people that are losing their homes. My worry is then, where are they going to go? I mean, campgrounds are so crowded now. I think that some of that pressure is going to be alleviated as the economy, if it continues to go down. But does it worry you? I mean, let me know if this economy worries you. I think one day the stock market goes, and the next day it's right the other way. Why? I'm not a financial analyst, but I mean, why? Gas is expensive, really expensive. And food is expensive. The shortages continue and the government can't, do we, are we gonna have masks or are we not gonna have masks? It's, there's so much confusion. I wanna know what you think. Post your comments. So Peter Van Gogh, thank you. I love your name, man. Thank you for uh, uh, watching, listening to me on the radio and now watching me here on YouTube. Uh, I, like I said, I don't owe anybody anything. I'm not, uh, you know, having to say anything to pitch some product. I don't have zero, none, not one affiliate link. So I can't even say I'm making a little bit of money when you click on those links below. I don't get anything. And I'm not complaining. I, I like it that way. That way I can be honest and just tell you what I think. If you like it, great. If you don't, that's fine too. I have had some people, I got to tell you, some dealers that have said, man, you got to back off on some of the stuff you're saying. I said, what, you know, we'll never support you if you don't back off. And I said, well, you're not supporting me now. You think I'm going to shut up? There are some people out there that really do want to hear another person's perspective instead of just buy, 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 buy it, go ahead, buy the payments. There's a lot of people, hopefully you're one of them, that likes to hear a different perspective. I don't have all the answers, but I know the answer is that go into debt, uh, buy the payment, buy something that is a toy that's going to depreciate and put you in a financial bind. That ain't the answer. Now, if you can afford it, that's a different, that's a different story. But a lot of people in the industry are going, we cannot support you if you keep talking the way you talk. And guess what? My message for them is, that's fine with me. I'm not trying to be a smartass. I promise I'm not. I'm just trying to be the RV wingman. That is what I love to do. I'm going to call a spade a spade. I'm not always right, but I am always honest. And I will be honest with you. Like Peter Van Gogh, if you have a question, if you have a situation, you can email me. All that information is below. I read every email, I read all the comments, I listen to every voicemail, and I love to respond to people just like you. So we all want to be heard. I know you'd like to be heard. And your comments are very, very important to me. I appreciate each and every one. All right, I'm Alan Warren, the RV Wingman. Thank you, Peter Van Gogh, and thank you for watching. I do appreciate it. Be safe, have fun, play nice, and don't leave your good manners at home. I'll see you in the next video. All right, today's video is going to be kind of a quick one, um, and I'm going to do two things. First, I'm going to say thank you. Thank you for your concern. A lot of people have thought over the last few videos I was kind of down and grumpy, and I probably was, but I'm fine. And if you think that I'm afraid of having people that hate my guts, you're thinking wrong because I ain't afraid. I'm not trying to make people hate me. I'm trying to be honest and helpful, and uh, the purpose of these videos is to really hopefully help you think. Just kind of slow down for a minute and think. You don't have to agree with me. And what makes me feel really good is when people say, I watch your videos, I like your channel because you seem authentic. I don't know how any other way to be, it's just me. I'm filled with flaws, but I will tell you the truth and give you my perspective and hopefully you can pull a nugget here and there 
and think about it, help you make a few better decisions or some adjustments along the way. So uh, I did a series of videos recently on uh, RVIA's new RVing campaign. You know, you get people to go out and buy an RV. It's called Just Go. And the video, I'm gonna put a link to it below, it was called uh, Go RVing, Give Me a Break. Um, got a lot of comments on that. A lot of people don't like that ad campaign, kind of like I don't like it. But Wendell Stevens wrote an email, and uh, or actually made a comment, and I'm going to read that comment to you. And uh, I'd like to know what you think. I'd like to know what you think about RVs. Um, another great perspective on what's going on in the RV community. Several points struck a chord with me over the last 10 years that we've been RVing. I've seen technology grow by leaps and bounds. People used to go camping to camp. And to be outdoors. Now many are more concerned with how many lights they can put up around their campsite, how big their outdoor TV is, the quality of their exterior speakers, how far from their RV they can still hear their stereo, how far their pets will wander, etc. And all the gadgetry in and on the RVs astounds me. It's like let's buy a six-figure motorhome with multiple touch screens that control every aspect of the RV and because we didn't care for the batteries, the touch screens went blank and now we can't bring the slides in. I keep hoping that this trend reverses, but it appears I may be wishing on a star. That's from Wendell Stevens. Thank you, Wendell, very much. And let me tell you something, brother. You are wishing on a star. But there's nothing wrong with wishing. I wish on a star too, but I don't think it is going to change. RV manufacturers make things that people buy. That's the name of the game. If people buy it, they're going to make it. And people love lights and lipstick, all that glitter, all that shiny stuff, and they forget to look underneath that. It's kind of like on social media. You know, you see somebody's picture on social media, and they're so beautiful. Man, then you see them in person, you're like, is that that same person I saw that Facebook picture of? You got to look beneath that one little, those lights. Look beneath all that glitter. Look beneath all that fancy stuff. How's the RV made? That's the important thing. Yeah, it's nice to have all those nice things, but look for quality. And quality is not in those LED lights and all that fancy stuff, glitter, as they say. A um, couple of things, kind of analogies, if you will, uh, parallels, metaphors. Uh, Chevy Trucks was one of my big sponsors when I was doing TV fishing programs. And, uh, you know, I'd talk with the engineers and some of the design people, and, and I would often ask, well, why don't you guys make a, a truck that's just a basic truck? Doesn't have all the, you know, power everything and carpet everywhere. But you make just a basic truck that I can take to the car wash after I get through fishing or hunting. I can spray that thing out, and it's going to cost a whole lot less money. Why don't you even offer that? Because we don't want to do that. We don't, that's not what we do. We sell those expensive Suburbans and Tahoes and I know, but why don't you? Because we don't make enough money doing that. And that's the truth. It's not what I wanted to hear, but at least it was an honest answer. People will buy things. We want all that flashy stuff. We look, need to look for quality. Another uh, kind of metaphor, if you will, when I was doing those TV fishing shows, I worked really hard to get a... Uh, a lure sponsor. This, this was a very big lure company that if you're a fisherman, you probably know who it is. But uh, I worked a long time to get this company as a sponsor to support me and to believe in me. They made all different kinds of things. So I was part of their pro team. 
and went to a meeting. And at that meeting, they always introduced new products. And so as a member of the pro team, which was really cool, kind of an ego deal, uh, they said, you know, here's some stuff. We want everybody to go out and test it and give us their honest feedback before we release it on the market. Man, this is so cool. And the lure, man, was beautiful. Go out, long story short, go catch fish. It caught the you-know-what out of fish. It was great, except for one thing. The hooks were terrible. They were terrible. They were super sharp, but you catch a little fish and it'll like almost bend the hook out. If you caught a big fish, it, was, it wouldn't straighten the hook, but the hooks were not very durable, very sharp, but thin and wimpy. And, and how do you say that when you go to the next meeting? How do you tell them that, <laughs> like the lure, don't like the hooks? But I did, because they asked me for my opinion. And everybody else that was there was like, I don't believe I would have said that. But it was the truth. They asked for the truth. One of the senior uh, VPs pulled me off to the side a little bit later on. He said, uh, you know how many of those hooks we have? I don't have any idea. He said, you know how, many, how we get them? I said, I don't have any idea. We get them in these big barrels, thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of them. And we've got many of those barrels. We're not going to change those hooks until we get through with all the ones we've got. And I'm thinking... That's not what I wanted to hear, but it's the truth. You would think somebody at the company would care enough to go, oh my God, instead of having, I don't know how much cost them to make all this product that was inferior product. They sold it, guarantee you they sold it. And I guarantee you a lot of people, maybe I got a bad batch. I don't think so. A lot of people probably had the same experience as me and just chalked it up, say, well, they went 10 bucks. But when somebody asked me the for the truth. I'm going to tell them the truth. Now, even if it's my boss, even if it's somebody I work for, for Chevrolet, whoever it is, I'm going to try and be as honest as I can without being ugly. And people are buying these RVs with all this glitter on them, and it makes a lot of money for the manufacturers, and God bless them, but it's not the glitter that makes the RV good. It's the stuff underneath that glitter, underneath the lights, underneath all that sparkle. And, oh, it smells so good in here. I can just imagine us going to the lake. How is it made? Really, how is it made? Do you know? Do you know what your required maintenance is going to be on that RV? Because if you don't know, you will find out real soon. Let me tell you something. They all fall apart. Every one of them. The best RV on the road is going to fall apart if you don't take care of it. And every RV is going to require more work and more maintenance than you hope it does. That's just a fact of life. But the good far outweighs the bad, at least in my opinion it does. But you got to know what you're getting into. Don't fall for the lights and lipstick, as they call it. Look for quality. Go online, read reviews, check the reviews of the dealers. I've recently done also some videos on the extended service plans, these extended warranties. I'm not a big fan of them. And here's why, because most dealers are crappy. And when you got a crappy dealer and an overexpensive warranty and you can't collect on it, it's a bad deal. You got a good dealer? And there are good dealers, really good dealers. And you buy that extended warranty, I'm telling you, when you have a problem, they will help you more so than somebody that's like, what's your name? When were you here? And you know what I'm talking about. So. I'm not a big fan of the extended warranties personally, but I think if you have the right dealer, they can be, you know, you got to make that decision, but you got to make an informed decision. So Wendell, thank you very much for your input. I want to thank everybody. Uh, you don't have to agree with me. I hope you don't agree, agree with me.
I hope you don't agree with me on everything. Gosh, if you do, you're a sad, sad person like I am. But I'd love to hear from you. Your comments are important to me. I love getting voicemails. And I love the emails, even from the people that don't like me very much. I read every one of them. I am not afraid, and I will read some of them. Uh, I, I laugh at them. It's not in a condescending way. Maybe part of it is. But I, I do want to acknowledge that I don't have all the answers, but guess what? Neither do you. And the person that's out there that knows, that sees one video and goes, I hate his guts. You know, how shallow is that person? <laughs> I mean, really? Stick around. Watch a few of these videos. You may determine, you know what? I really do hate that guy's guts. And you may say, that guy's kind of my buddy. I'd like to go out and have a cup of coffee or have a beer with him. Anyway, thank you for watching. Thank you, Wendell Stevens, for your comment. Uh, I am Alan Warren. They call me the RV wingman because I tell you the truth. Even if it's something that you don't want to hear, if it's something I think you need to hear, I'm going to tell you. Be safe, have fun, play nice, and don't leave your good manners at home. I'll see you next time. If you watch very many of the YouTubers out there, and you've been watching them for a few years, you have certainly noticed that a lot of them, some of the biggest names in these RV influencers, are no longer full-time RVers. Why is that? I mean, if RVing is so great, why are they not full-time RVers the whole time? The same reason you're not going to stick with the same RV that you buy right out of the gate. We all change. Life changes. Uh, our circumstances change, and you will mature as you RV. Your needs, your desires, your wants, your dreams. And as you're watching these YouTube videos, I want you to, to, to yes, it's easy to get reeled in. You know, they just reel you in with their excitement and look, oh, man, it must be nice to travel to all those places. And we dream of doing that. We ought to do that. Look how beautiful their trailer is or whatever. That's a fantasy. They don't live that life, those YouTubers, they don't. They've got a little 10-minute, 20-minute video, whatever, and man, it's fun, great music, woohoo, everything's good, and it is. But when it's all said and done, most of their life is like yours, it's like mine, it's just life. And they're sitting around going, what can we talk about next that we haven't talked about 23 different times? <laughs> what can we do that's fun? What can we do that's exciting? I understand that. I, I've been in the TV business, radio business for almost four decades. You want people to go, wow, that looks fun. But the reality is that's their life. It ain't your life, and it's not going to be your life. You will mature. The message here is that people that have, if you're watching, you're saying, I would love to sell everything. I'm just sick and tired of all of it, fed up with the whole system. We're going to sell our belongings, sell our home and everything in it, and we're going to buy an RV, and we're going to travel this great country and spend our golden years in an RV. I would caution you from doing that. Before you do it, you can, of course you can do what you want. Be very cautious. There is a, a maturing process as you RV. You know, many people that watch this video are, are in their 70s. Some are in their 80s. And, and you know, as we age, our, our, our health changes, uh, our ability to get up and down those stairs changes, our desire to get out in the crowded campgrounds and drive on the busy highways changes. And that yearning for our nest comes back. For most people, I think it really does. We go, I wonder why we sold our house. But if you sell your house, and now you have no money, no house, no belongings, and all you have is this, 
It's a tough way to spend your golden years. I suggest it might be a better idea to don't sell everything, even if you want to become a full-time RVer. Maybe downsize. Maybe, you know, a lot of people are getting a garden home, getting a condo, a place that's their own nest. So when that RV breaks down, and it will break down eventually, you've got a nest you can go to. If it takes two months for the RV to get fixed, that's okay. But can you imagine if you were living full-time in your motorhome or your fifth wheel or your whatchamacallit, and the dealer says, well, it's going to take three months to fix it and can't get you in until next week. What are you going to do? You have no nest to go to? It's already a tense situation and very frustrating. And the fact that you don't have any kind of a nest, any kind of a real home, home base, makes it that much worse. I want happy campers. I want to see lots and lots of happy campers, not regretful campers. Campers that are going, oh, my God, why did we do this? And my fear is, is that a lot of these YouTube channels, you know, these YouTubers are my friends. I mean, I envy them. They get to do a whole lot of things that I, I am never going to be able to do. But I think that a lot of these YouTube channels give the false, not intentionally, but you can't help but make people go, man, I want to do that. I remember when I did a TV fishing show for a long, you know, started in 1983. When I started doing TV fishing shows, I found it was a lot of work, a lot of work. But after a few years, some people would see me, I hey, you're that guy, blah, blah, blah. Man, I want to do what you do. I'm thinking, no, they don't. They want to catch the fish. They want to do that exciting thing they saw for 30 minutes every week on TV. They don't want to do all that other stuff. That other stuff's called work. And there's a lot of failure in a successful business. A lot. You just got to keep going through it. And so be careful what you watch. Be careful what, about those fantasies. Dream, yes, yes, dream, aspire to, to become an RVer. But be careful because when you RV, you will change. As time goes on, as you get older, your medical condition is gonna change, your family situation may change, a lot of things are gonna happen in your life and you don't wanna burn that bridge by selling the house that you lived in for all those years. Let me know what you think. Do you think that too many people are going to regret becoming full-time RVers and selling everything? Or do you think that, nah, I think you're uh, out of your gourd again, wingman. Let me know. Post it in the comments below. As always, I love hearing from each and every one of you. I really do. I love my voicemail messages and the emails. I know I can't get back to everybody, but I do the best I can. And from time to time, as you know, I will respond in one of these videos. So all my contact information is below. Thank you so much for watching. I am Alan Warren, the RV Wingman. Be safe, have fun, play nice, and don't leave your good manners at home. I'll see you next time.